0: Hi everybody, Cassandra here. Welcome, welcome. I'm so happy to bring you another message today on a new episode. Um, So, you know, some people don't think that karma exists. You hear this sometimes. Well, when a narcissist says it, you can't help but to just smile a little bit. As far as I'm concerned, as far as like karma goes, it's just another way of saying cause and effect. Like you breathe in, you breathe out. You maybe have a, uh, a itch. You have to scratch your nose or something. Okay, so you scratch your nose, right? Cause and effect. Because you breathe in, you're going to breathe out. Because you breathe out, you're going to breathe in, for instance. To me, karma is just another way of saying cause and effect. That's just another way of saying that there are consequences or results due to our actions. And that includes thoughts thoughts. As well as words, okay. So when you hear somebody say something like, "Oh, well, karma doesn't exist," well, you know, it's not a, <laughs> it's not a, it's not a chance to argue with them. It's not an opportunity necessary to go back and forth and to argue about it. But just look at your own life. I suggest just look at how you have dealt, how you've dealt with um, narcissism, right? I look at this from time to time. Like, okay, I've had experiences with this. So how have I dealt with it? What, or in other words, what were the results of my choices? Okay. I've chose Like I chose to deal with a certain situation. I chose either to, um, do evil or I chose to do good in a situation, right? So cause and effect because I chose to do such and such. Those were the results or I got such and such. Same thing applies when, or is applicable when we're dealing with a narcissist when they're dealing with us so it goes both ways so as far as like karma goes to me that's just another way of looking at it it's cause and effect now you know you got some people who may not want to hear your story about how you've dealt with the narcissist they may not want to they may not believe such things exist like narcissism pathological narcissism in particular but my research right has taught me that there are millions of people millions that deal with these types of relationships. They're toxic. Okay. They're dysfunctional relationships, but on another level. Okay. So, you know, there might be some people who don't want to hear your story. They may not, you know, they may not care or they may seem not to care about the story behind the story of how you got out. Okay. How you, how you walked away, how you managed to deal with the aftermath of narcissism. Okay. So yet alone, why you chose to move on or past narcissist relationships. Okay. Especially the narcissist. They don't want to see change. They don't want to see you move on perhaps, because this means that they're not getting the supply they used to get. Okay. So they may have a strong sense of entitlement to your energy. Okay. Your resources, whether that's financial, emotional, um, physical, what have you, they just have a strong sense of entitlement. But then I want to challenge you to look at your strong sense of moving on your strength to move past or thrive on past narcissism. Okay. Past these narcissistic relations, which can be very heavy, not only on the mind, but the spirit of the person. See the heart is not designed to deal with these types of situations for the long haul. Okay. You know, yeah, we face challenges, but when it comes down to narcissism or pathological narcissism, I don't think the heart is designed to deal with that type of stress for the long term. Okay. Now we all go through things and it may be disheartening. It may be heavy on the spirit. It may drain us energetically, but again, I don't think the heart is designed to put up with this for a long period of time. That's almost like a person going on the road, hundred miles per hour constantly You know, they never slow the car down. You know, it's at 100 miles per hour every time they get in the car and they drive. Imagine that, right? The car is not designed for that. So I don't think the hearts, I don't think our hearts are designed to be in narcissistic relationships for a long, long time or indefinitely or on into infinity. So when narcissists give you a hard time, right? They don't want you to move on. They don't want to see the changes. You're going to accept that you are outgrowing that relationship, taking off the rose-colored glasses. That's tool number one. Take off the rose-colored glasses and accept that you are outgrowing the narcissist relationship. I'm just suggesting that you do that. You know, this is what I had to do. And it was a game changer. Okay. So uh, another way of putting that is to stop looking at the narcissist. Right. Stop idealizing the narcissist in the way that they want you to see them because it's only benefiting them. It's not benefiting you. Right. So, you know, that's tool number one. Take off the rose colored glasses. Okay. You're probably going to feel a lot better. Tool number two, remember your life has purpose. And I say this one a lot because this one was a game changer for me. Believe it or not, I did not always think this in my case. But your life really does have purpose. You know, I mentioned just before, people may not want to hear your story. So what? This doesn't mean that you're supposed to shut up and not share your story. You never know who's going to be inspired by your sharing your story about how you got out and how you dealt with narcissism, how you got out, perhaps. Maybe you're still in the relationship with the narcissist. Okay, this does not mean you're supposed to shut up and take it all in and take it to your grave because who's that going to benefit you, the narcissist, anyone? Yeah. So remember, your life has purpose. You have a story like everybody else. You never know who you're going to inspire or motivate. You never know who's, who's having the same experiences or similar experiences that you have. They may hear something and you may motivate them, inspire them to become proactive and thriving past narcissist relationships. Or it could be a a domestic violence situation. It could be a dysfunctional relationship of any type, you know, or, or some other situation, right? Third party situation. Maybe they feel stuck. They may feel trapped. They may not feel like they can do anything to change their circumstances, but something you say may change that for them or help them to change the circumstances or situation. Never know. So remember your life has purpose. All right. Remember. You have a story, okay? Just to add on to that, you have a story. You're experiencing this thing called life. See, life to me is a gift regardless of its challenges. We all face challenges, okay? We could overcome. I think this gives us character, okay? So, uh, you know, when you look at that too, your life has purpose. Remember, you do have a story, your life has purpose because you're experiencing life. You're here. And another thing, you are on a journey. So just like everybody else, yeah, your life has purpose. It's hard to remember that, especially when you're experiencing narcissism. But I just want to remind you of that today or tonight. Okay, so tool number three. Make sure that you are practicing emotional discipline. Now, that there can be a lot of things that come from that. Practicing emotional discipline. Narcissists sometimes, for instance, likes to perhaps go you into an argument. And before you know it, you're in a heated argument and you don't feel so good after the argument is over. But the narcissist seems to feel quite pleased with themselves. Disgusting, right? <laughs> but here's the thing. By practicing emotional discipline, you are also learning how to properly. Now, I'm not saying you're bad for this. Okay, so don't take it the wrong way. You're properly learning how to, you're learning how to properly use your own energy. You have an energy body. We all do. I do. Okay, everybody you know does. Everybody has an energy body. If they didn't have that, they wouldn't exist. Every living organism must have energy in order to exist. Okay, so you're, you're preserving your energy. The narcissist will use your energy for their own benefit. So they're tapping into your energy field. When they're goading you into the argument, when they are pulling shenanigans and you may feel a certain way, right? You're, you have these emotions, which are your energy in motion. So when you are practicing emotional discipline, see that therefore you can just kind of change that a little bit and say to yourself, or you may journal this, or this may become one of your affirmations that you are using your own energy. Okay, properly, though, it benefits you. The narcissist is probably not going to like that, but you're not doing anything to be in opposition of him or her. You're not doing anything to be in conflict with him or her or being confrontational. That's that's not what's going on here. Then a narcissist, that's their cup of tea. They they like that flavor (laughs) because they can tap into the energy field. As long as they can get a reaction, then as far as they're concerned, they're in control. So when you're in your feelings, for instance, the narcissist is probably in control. You're in your feels, right? They're in control. And the narcissist prefers that. So when we practice emotional discipline, which is not easy, by the way. And you know, when I first started practicing emotional discipline, I failed a lot. (laughs) Okay. I, I, yeah, I did. (laughs) So it, it takes practice, right? So, but when you're doing emotional discipline, you're being mindful of who yourself and you're not paying attention to the narcissist as much. So they're not getting your attention as much. Therefore they're not getting the source supply that they used to get from you. And again, you're not trying to be confrontational. You're not trying to put them on the defense or anything like this. No, this is about you and your life at the risk of sounding like now the narcissist, this is about you. You went through an ordeal, right? Right. When you experience narcissism, it does something to the mind, the body, the soul, the spirit. It has an effect. There's your karma. Cause and effect. There's the karma right there. Cause and effect. So when we are in these relationships, what's the effect? There's an aftermath. In other words, now I'm not saying that you, you're, you you know, you're experiencing something bad because you were in the relationship. See, sometimes karma... Uh, gets a um, bad or is misconstrued. Okay, karma doesn't necessarily mean bad. It's just another way of saying cause and effect because you did this or you thought that or you said that, here are the results. That's that's what karma is, cause and effect. So I kind of laugh and I kind of smile a little bit when I hear people say, oh, I don't believe in karma. Oh, okay. (laughs) So that means just now when you took a breath, you didn't exhale wow. Okay. (laughs) All right. So anyway, uh, two, number three, again, just make sure that you are practicing emotional discipline. It's going to be your best friend, especially when you're trying to figure out how to deal with the narcissist. Okay. So again, your, your energy is emotion. When you are expressing emotions, your, your emotions, okay. Your energy it's supposed to move. But when it's stagnant, this is when our health becomes compromised. This is when, we, when we're when we stagnant and when we're stuck. This is why I like to say the sunken stunk in place. And that doesn't feel very good. Then we start wondering why we're experiencing these health issues. And then the narcissist is walking around like they're not affected at all so you know that's just something to think about emotional discipline is not to benefit the narcissist it's actually a gift to yourself just like when you contemplate forgiveness that's going to be hard that's going to be tough especially when the narcissist is pulling shenanigans and and you're feeling some sort of way and then you may have what's called the stinking thinking i learned this one about this one years ago when i was in a support group right (laughs) i learned something about it's called stinking thinking you're having these negative chatter you're having these negative thoughts and it's, it's springing from some of the experiences that are very painful. But you can, again, discipline yourself. You're not trying to control the narcissist. What's ironic is that the narcissist often tries to control everybody around him or her. But when you start to control yourself, that's how you're freeing yourself and thriving forward from the narcissist relationship. Not necessarily physically thriving forward, but where it really counts. And that's in the mind. It starts in the mind, not the behind, as I always say, (laughs) right? So you're thriving forward. It just starts in the mind first. There are some people who actually physically remove themselves from the narcissistic relationship situation, which that's great, but that's all they did. So they find themselves repeatedly thinking about the narcissist. They find themselves perhaps even hoovered back in. It starts in the mind, not the behind. So the narcissist can perhaps recruit Several people, or maybe one person in particular, to help them do their dirty work, and that is to Hoover you back in. And of course, on the narcissist part, more than likely it's just an ego trip. They want to see if they can still push your buttons. They can see they want to see if they can still control you. And all of this, they're not trying to Hoover you back in because they see the light and they're they have a change of heart, yet alone change of mind. Okay, so sometimes that's the way it goes down. But uh, when we are Practicing emotional discipline—that's a very powerful thing. And it may not seem like much. It may—it not it may seem like you're you're doing something to help the narcissist. And like, for instance, getting helping them to get off the hook from what they have done. No, it is not that at all. This is a gift to yourself. Emotional discipline can become your best friend, because it also taps into being mindful of yourself. What are you feeling? What are you thinking? How do you feel? How do you tend to think? Right. What are you feeling? What are you thinking? And all, I mean, it's just sometimes the how, it's not always the why, it's the how sometimes. So when you tap into yourself, right, and you're in tune with yourself, emotional discipline plays a huge part. You're not all over the place. The narcissist wants you all over the place, they want you out of control because that keeps them in control. As long as they, they can get you in your feelings, then they know they can stay in control, pretty much. So when you start to become self-controlled, that's because you're practicing emotional discipline. You are maintaining and preserving your own energy that benefits you, not the narcissist. That's just another way of looking at it. Okay, so you know, emotional discipline can become one of the most effective tools that you can ever practice to help you thrive forward past narcissist relationships. So the narcissist may notice that you are becoming stronger. You're more focused on thriving forward. They may try to dismantle that. They may try to intercept that. So if you have a support base, the narcissist has no place. Okay, they have no place on the support base board, right? You have a support base. You have your, your counselor. You have the support groups. You have friends, family who may understand your plight. Where does a narcissist fit in that? perhaps nowhere they're pro- anywhere they don't they don't fit there because they're probably going to dismantle that why would they do that you may ask because they're not getting the source supply a bigger better stronger you is not what the narcissist wants now they might like you strong for a particular reason right <laughs> but it's not what you think it's not you know they don't want you strong because you're healthier and stuff like this no they like you strong because if you are, you have a high tolerance for taking their BS, that's the kind of strength they like to see in you because they get to pull a lot of shenanigans and you may not protest. You may, you know, <laughs> you may not say anything, but we've all gone through this. Well, I'm going to say a lot of us who have had these types of relationships with a narcissist, we, we have gone through this, but when you know, you live, you learn, you laugh, you move forward right the only thing we can do really well not the only thing but one of the best things we can do is to try you know what is that saying that's that's really uh, all a person can do in a situation is to at least try right so when you are practicing emotional discipline you are really giving yourself a gift and if you should have to contemplate forgiveness or you're contemplating forgiveness that's another gift that you give yourself look at the word forgiveness You have two words that stick out, for and give. What are you giving for? Who are you giving to? So when you start looking at all of that, all of that is emotional discipline. You're controlling self. You're helping self. self, uh, Self-reflection. All these things. The shadow work. All these things. This is all for you. The narcissist has no business in any of that. Right. So sometimes when you're looking at the, the how versus the why, for instance, you may ask the narcissist, well, why did you do that? Why did you hurt me and blah, blah, blah. Right. <laughs> well, sometimes the question is a better question is how did they do that? Because once you know how you got into the relationship or how you got into the sunken place, you'll know how to get out. Once you know how to, how you got in, you will know how to get out. So the narcissist doesn't want you to figure that out. They don't want you to figure that out. They don't want you strong in that regard. So yeah, when you start to give yourself these gifts, this is a very effective thing. When you start looking at uh, how you feel, what you feel, very effective. That's emotional discipline. Just being aware. That's another way of saying emotional discipline. You know, just being, just awareness. That's mindfulness. All of those are interwoven mindfulness okay becoming aware of self for instance how you feel and what you feel what you think and how you tend to think about something okay the stinking thinking that I was just talking about how do I think about such and such because the narcissist says such and such That's a great exercise. That's part of what I used to do in my journaling. I still journal, but I don't have to do that exercise as much anymore. But yeah, every now and then I still do it. Okay, but that's a very effective exercise to do. That's part of the mindfulness. When you're journaling and you're jotting things down, you're writing down your affirmations, you're writing down the things that you may want. Another thing, having a collage, a vision board. You know, have the pictures of what you want for yourself. I've done that one. Very effective, by the way. Okay, so when it comes down to you just really taking care of yourself, don't be surprised when the narcissist may not want to see that, yet alone, hear your story. They don't have time for that. They're trying to get the source supply from you. They, you know, they have created a false image of you. They cannot possibly know who you really are. A narcissist doesn't care about who you are. They just want the source supply. So they will create a false image of you. When you really think about it, it makes sense that they would do that long enough to tolerate anyone, you know, you and anyone to get the source supply. It makes sense that they would do that. They're on survival mode 24-7. Sometimes they're very defensive. So the narcissist has false self images. So of course, they're going to create false images of everyone else that they're dealing with professionally as well as personally. Of course, they're going to do that. It comes naturally to them to do that. Yeah, so they have several false images. What are those false images? Saint, martyr, victim, who can't seem to catch a break in life. You ever wonder why the narcissist, especially when you start to defend yourself, they come right on in. (laughs) They interject your defending yourself with how bad life is for him or her. They want you to shift the gears. You ever notice how that happens? They want you to shift the gears midway. You're talking about what you're feeling, what you're thinking, what you want out of the relationship. You're starting to defend yourself because they're pulling yet the umpteenth shenanigan. They come right on in. Oh, but I went through this or that. Or I was, sometimes they may even go that far as to say they were diagnosed with something. But they're using that as an excuse In other words, they want you to accept. Perhaps they want you to accept. They may be gaslighting you into believing that they have to treat you as badly as they do. Right mid-sentence, when you're talking about and you're expressing yourself, which is very good for your, your spirit, your soul, your inner self. This is cathartic for you. This is therapeutic for you. But they come right on in and they want to ruin that for you. A lot of people, myself included, have experienced this in a narcissist relationship. As soon as you get the the notion or you get the strength or you gain the courage to start speaking up for yourself, using your voice, they want to come right on in and shut it down. Okay, so I want to encourage you to do those things. Now, those are the tools, but I want to add that tool. Practice using your voice. Actually, you can add that to the mindfulness. Practice using your voice and, and this is not to confront, you know, be confrontational with a narcissist and all this. No, this is a gift to yourself. Look at the word forgiveness. For give. Who are you giving to? Why are you giving? Okay. And what are you giving? So when it's, when you put your name first on the forgiveness list, it's very powerful. Take it from a person who's done it. Okay. Put your name on the list first. When you are facing forgiveness, you know, or contemplating forgiveness because of what you've experienced in a narcissist relationship. And I'm here to tell you from experience again, more than likely you're going to be facing not only fear, your fears, but forgiveness due to your experiences in a narcissist relationship or with a narcissist, right? So when you are looking at forgiveness, just, you know, try to keep that in mind. Give yourself that gift first. Don't try to give it to the narcissist first. Haven't you given them enough? Think about it. You're the one in the relationship more than likely who has been doing all the giving. The narcissist has been doing the taking. So yet when you are contemplating forgiveness, that's just another thing you're going to give them first before you give yourself? Think about it. Putting the narcissist first before yourself has probably hurt you more than you thought. It hurt you more than than it helped you. Is nothing wrong with being loving, caring, n- you know, nourishing, forgiving, and all this. These are great traits that you have. Celebrate those. But sometimes we have to look at who we're giving that to. And if it's not being reciprocated, okay, it's a lack of reciprocity. then yeah, got to look at that. That's just another way of taking care of yourself. Okay, which is a part of mindfulness. Taking care of the self. Self-preservation. Assertion. Okay. Emotional discipline and personal boundaries. All of those, those four components right there is my, you know, the mindfulness. So narcissists, you know, sometimes they're pushed back. They don't like to see this new you. (laughs) Okay. But I want to encourage you to keep thriving forward. Stay focused on that. Never belittle what you went through in a narcissist relationship, because that's just another way of you looking at yourself through the eyes of a narcissist of course they want you to belittle yourself they want you to downplay your contribution not only to their in their life but anybody's life especially your own the contribution celebrate that you are capable of forgiveness you are capable of love you are capable of being, of of befriending. Sometimes you may feel like, oh, I don't have any more love left. I I can't do it. You know, I'll never have a good relationship. It just, you know, I seem to have all these things. That's the stinking thinking, the negative chatter that I was talking about earlier. How do you tend to think? Not just what you think. How do you tend to think? The thought patterns. It's very deep. This is why I advocate support base. Okay. Get a counselor who understands a lot about narcissism trauma as well because when you think about it some people have experienced you know it it can be quite uh traumatic to have these types of uh relationships in life these experiences okay um it's uh it's just another way of saying you have experienced um uh maybe a high volume of um adversity okay sometimes i talk about the ace a-C-E, which stands for Adverse Childhood Experiences. It's a real thing. I want to encourage you to look that up. Um, but yeah, it's just another way of saying that you have experienced or you've, you've been exposed to a high volume of uh, adversity. So um, just don't belittle what you've gone through. Okay, so when you contemplate forgiveness, just, you know, look at, put, when you have your forgiveness list, That can be a part of your journaling process, okay? Put your name on the list first and look at it as you giving yourself a gift first for a change. You're putting yourself first for a change. Just another way of looking at it. So I certainly hope there was something I said in this episode that will uplift you and you may perceive it as food for your soul. I'm Cassandra and until next time, take care of yourself as well as each other.